0: You're listening to the Free Your Mind podcast. Join Moya and Komo every other Wednesday as they share their unfiltered views and debate on topics with guests, from issues making the headlines to topics generating bars in the group chats. Make sure to share the episode with a friend and rate us if you enjoyed it. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind? And of course, you can listen to all our episodes on our website, listen listen2gcr.com. Just go to shows and you will find Free Your Mind and everything related on there. The next episode starts now. Hi, guys. Um, welcome to another episode of Free Your Mind. Today, I'm here with a very special guest. Um, actually, <laughs> it took some time to get to him, but then we finally got him. And um, yeah, it's great having him on the episode. So I'll let him introduce himself to the listeners.
1: Komot, uh, thanks for for having me. My name is Godwin Kwame Tamaklo, and uh, I work with MTN Ghana. Um, I supervise the compliance, fraud, uh, anti-money laundering, and the risk area of our mobile money business. Uh, That's the area of my expertise, uh, and I'm happy to be here
0: yeah 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 we are happy to have you um i guess by now the listeners can figure out what we are really going to talk about this is a this is a very (laughs) this is a very serious issue that i've been meaning to um have on my podcast basically going to talk about mobile money fraud so um let me just go straight into the episode and ask you some questions um godwin i can call you godwin right or i should call you mr tamaku
1: godwin is okay okay yeah
0: (laughs) yeah um Godwin, can you please explain to us what mobile money is?
1: Basically, um, the mobile money service is a financial management tool right? that allows um, users to manage their daily financial activities via the mobile phone. So you do have an account, which in our parlance we call a wallet when we bring you on board a service, with your mobile SIM number, we create a wallet for you. And in that wallet, you'll be able to load the electronic cash that you have uh, into that wallet. We call it a cash in, and then you'll be able to do whatever transaction, financial transaction you want to do within a day or a particular period whether you want to send money to someone or buy something from, whatever it is, payment or receiving funds via the use of electronic cash and through the medium of the SIM card in your phone. That is basically the concept of mobile money. Initially, it was something that was being used to drive financial inclusion as in people who for a reason or two are not part of our normal or the formal financial sector they don't have bank accounts they don't have any access to any financial services like loans uh, insurance uh, pensions and other stuff but as time went on you realize that some of the services that we brought on board are not only targeted toward just these uh, people who are who are excluded so for example today you'll be able to do you know pull from your bank account and push your bank account sitting in the comfort of your home these are people who already have bank accounts right so the services are now broadened in such a way that it is also covering or serving even they're banked, and then they're unbanked as the initial objective. So basically, that is how the mobile financial service is.
0: I think that you've touched on a lot of areas. Um, um, I think that you explained mobile money in general balance because it's not only your company that has access to some of these things. Um, I am right to say that your company has the largest subscription base of mobile money in Ghana. You can say that. I mean, it's a fact, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, it's a fact, um, I mean, it's a fact. You know, with um large subscription base um, comes a lot of fraudulent activities. Um, I think Mobile Money is almost above 10 years. And uh, with time, you've seen people try and use fraudulent ways to get money from people. And it has evolved with time. I just want you to explain some of the steps um, quickly that your company has taken to stop some of these um, fraudulent activities
1: all right first we need to understand um what is the typology right the type of fraud that is being perpetrated in a particular operation determines what you put in place to counter or to manage it Um, to bring it to the barest minimum. Within the financial sector, fraud is something that has become part of the challenges we have within the sector in general, not only mobile money, but within the entire financial sector. It's a risk. So what you do is to try to manage it and bring it to the barest minimum for both the company and also your cherished um, subscribers. So within The Ghanaian context, what we've seen most, 99 to 100% has generally been what we call the social engineering, right? So within the fraud framework, you would have maybe a weakness in a process, a weakness in technology, or a weakness in the people. So you have process, technology, and people that somebody would like to exploit in a way to gain some advantage. And that is what you would call fraud, right? So within the Ghanaian context, what we've seen more is the social engineering, which has to do with human behavior, right? So knowing that what we have done over the period um, has been more of education, 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 bringing the details as to the steps and the various fraud typologies that the fraudsters use in defrauding our customers to the knowledge of the customer, knowing that when the customer gets to understand someone's way of trying to deceive him or her, that person will be well informed to take the right decision or to take the right step when he is confronted or she is confronted with a typology of a particular nature. So education has been um, most of the things that we've done so far over the past three, four years. A lot of money has gone into it. We are in the airwaves, uh, we are in the various communities engaging people one-on-one from dawn to dust. We are also in the market where you have a lot of people transacting you know, engaging them one-on-one. We are in buses where people are traveling. We have some time to engage them, explaining some of these things uh, to them. Then aside that, we also have internally reviewing our process day in, day out, ensuring that there is segregation of duties. Uh, as we know, is is normally part of internal controls um, day in, day out. Again, we have on the technology side, our um, periodic uh, invitation of ethical hackers you know, to come and try and see if they could hack our systems and where we find any vulnerability that has not been exploited yet. Then we put in place the needed um, remedies to ensure that um, search vulnerability is taken care of so if you realize we've not had any any issue with technology um um, major issue with technology since the service was launched in 2009 Mm -hmm. apart from Mm -hmm. these there are some other things that we are also doing that kind of make it costly for the froster so for example today with the help of some stakeholders like the uh, Ghana uh, telecom chambers, our you know, competitors like the Vodafone Cash, Airtel, you know, Tigo, we've come together to work on uh, some process of blocking the IMEI of the phone that the, the froster would use to at least initiate uh, a fraudulent transaction against our customer. Once that is picked up, that phone, you cannot use it again, either with MTN SIM card or Vodafone SIM card or A30Go SIM card, that phone becomes useless. So it means you are making it more costly for the, the, the froster. Once you use a particular phone to initiate an attack uh, and we pick it up, that phone is, is is blocked and you cannot use it even for calls or to do anything. You have to discard it and probably go and buy a new phone, a new phone. do that. Okay. Uh, in addition to that is also the filters to prevent certain SMS from going to our customers. So you realize that um, today we we block over 400,000 SMSs you know, in a day from reaching to our customers. If those SMSs fall within certain parameters that we have set on the platform, so is the reason why you see certain SMS that comes to you? For example, if they are spelling "mobile money," uh, the L in the mobile is now becomes maybe a forward slash or a backslash, <laughs> and then the E becomes three. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not a mistake that a person did. No, they are also trying to go around the parameters we have. You know, kind of a war between us and mm-hmm. them, kind, kind of. So, mm-hmm. these are some of you know just a few um activities we have been doing over over the years to yeah, manage yeah. the for and, and and to to say to this we've seen a, a significant dip you know from where we were three years ago um to now uh, in terms of incidents. you know that is happening uh, vis-a-vis um what do we call attempt the attempts are at going up. I seen people are becoming more and more aware. And so when the course comes in and they start their thing, people know and then they drop and then they okay. report that yeah. somebody tried to defraud me. So the attempt is increasing and the incident is going, going down. down and that gives you some assurance that what you are doing is having traction.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually happy that you touched on the, the very last but one point because I realized that people thoughts that people who send mobile money are actually dumb. And I had to explain to a couple of people that the words that they are supposed to send that would mimic an actual mobile money account are words that have been filtered out by MTN service. So it's not like they are they are actually dumb by saying those words. That,
1: that, that, that's right. That's right. So somebody will look at the SMS and think that oh, look at the spelling mistakes here and there. Yeah. And these people are they are not. They yeah. are in a way being smart, some yeah. ways. <laughs> somehow, somehow yeah.
0: when you're trying to but, change the variables that. Here yeah, but I defeat the purpose because I mean, if I'm seeing <laughs> payments, yeah. oh,
1: it, it, it <laughs> doesn't because it doesn't because at least they don't know they are trying a kind of a trial lock, right? As yeah. to what changes do I put in place? Mm. At least, as I said, over 400,000 SMSs, this would have gotten to some. Uh, customers and probably those customers yeah. would have ended up in a falling prey to, to some of these tricks. And so at least in a way, um, you would try to um, prevent some people. And the other side of the story, which people might think that, okay, then it means you are behind the in this in this kind of activities. The fact that, look, you are not in the mind of the person, right? Mm-hmm. If the person now, for example, spelling the word mobile, are not in the mind of the person to say the person is going to use m0 instead of o right so we try to bring in different parameters in spelling a particular word yeah different but then still people can come up with something else you know Mm -hmm. to try to um you know go around you know those filters but hey it's it's not just one feature that is going to kill it it's a combination of uh other features that is going to help and and that is also one of it
0: yes thanks for for that for that explanation but then um i want us to delve into the next um, question which is a particular kind of fraud that um, is actually happening very recently and i'm sure it it, it would have either come on your radar um so recently i had a personal experience with somebody um, where the person got a notification to um, your your app. so when I say the request approval to our listeners um, MTN has an open document API and um you can use this API in a sandbox mode right to um, test some of the things that you develop in terms of if you want to use their service so that's 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 the API thing I'm talking about but recently a friend of mine got a request from a POS account and after he got it he cancelled the request and then the request came in again he cancelled and then immediately after the second cancellation he got a call you know with a whole backstory about his kid being sick you know the whole social engineering gimmicks that they try and pull i mean from then he was smart enough to figure out that it was a trick but it made me wonder the number of people that would actually approve this notification that is coming true. so i i think my question to this ex- experience is that if this has come on your radar what are the steps that your department or your company has taken to clamp down on the on this particular activity what are some of the steps mtn has taken to try and like mitigate some of these particular issues
1: all right so yes uh, indeed we've had you know some of these um, uh we we call it pop-up messages, right? Just to the to to, to the layman, uh, pop-up messages that will just come on your phone and it's requesting for an approval as you enter your PIN uh, so that they can agas- get access to your wallet and you know take some money um, off it. So um, as we just said, we identify those are not necessarily because of the API connection, right? but the end use um, device that they have access to um, is for example the pos as in i go to m supermarket uh, and this m supermarket use POS where they have integrated the mobile money you know on it say like that if you buy your stuff and then you finish and you want to pay they just key in the amount on the pos and instead of using your car as in your debit or credit card to pay, mm-hmm. it's rather now pushes a prompt to you on your yeah. phone yeah. to yeah. now input. So we came to realize that some of these providers of the POS infrastructure, you know, have some vulnerabilities that will just allow uh, me to just put any number at all, right? So if i am doing the payment i can decide to put your number if i go to a website uh, 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 gbcd.com and i want to buy some stuff and then i register my name as a customer and then i input instead of accepting the number that i registered with as my number I can just put your number there uh, and then i say okay and then the system is supposed to trigger the um, yeah, the approval notification yeah. to me yeah. so two things is handling it from the initial stage the upstream as in can you configure your pos your um platform in such a way that it will limit to just my number in terms of confirmation my number for example if i come to your website and i register my number as phone number wallet would you match it with me say that if i input a different other number that will not trigger any um uh pop-up message to that number that is on the upstream. now the downstream is you the recipient now we on our side are controlling in such a way that when such calls come through, it will go into your approvals. So it will not be a pop-up message okay. that will come to you for you to know. It will go into your approvals and you have to now dial the star 1-5, you know, star one hash, yeah.
0: you
1: know, select an option, go to your approvals and then you'll find it there. And then you can now, you know, approve it. If it is something that you have really initiated it comes into your approval and you go there to approve, but even it's not something that you have initiated, it will be there and then it has an expiry date, an expiry period to mm. wait. So if it comes there and then maybe after 5 minutes, 10 minutes, uh, you don't access it, then it expires, then it goes out of your approval. So you don't see it uh, at all for you at to all. exactly. So that is a two-way approach we are looking at it one from the upstream that is dealing with all our partners, sometimes it's not even a direct integration to us, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm it is coming from an aggregator's platform that we have, that aggregator has also allowed another person. So downstream, it is difficult for you to pinpoint the actual person but then it's becoming a standard that we want to apply across all our aggregators Mm. and then from our side in terms of the user, it will rather go into your approvals instead of coming on top as a, as a pop-up message.
0: That's really a smart way to try and um, solve this issue. Um, what can a, a, a normal user do in terms of reports to you when they get some of this
1: information? Alright, so first let me take the reporting channels right that are available for our customers to report any uh, fraud incident. These are specifically fraud incidents. That whether it's an incident that really happened that you've lost money or an attempt, you know, that you got hold of and and you didn't allow the person to defraud you. Um, so the first one is 100. You just have to dial 100, which is a two-free number, and it comes to our call center. If you are a subscriber, uh, if I talk about subscriber. I mean, you and I, right? We have our personal wallet. So you can call 100 and it comes through. And then whatever the information is, uh, the number that called you, normally what they do is they use a different number to call you. And there is a different number that comes to you as the SMS. And then there's a different number they are now providing for you to probably, you know, transfer the money to so all those information if you gather them and when you call 100 you make those information available the next one is also another short code which is 114. 114 is basically for our agents and merchants not for subscribers so if you're a subscriber and you call the 114 it will not come through this is just to give our agent and subscribers some kind of a specialized service you know with their own um, agent who understand their area of business, what they do, and will be able to assess quickly. So, when you are an agent or a merchant, you rather call one one four. But if you are a normal customer, you call hundred, and it comes. Now, apart from the calls, we also have channels for SMSs, right? So you can just text an SMS, which is also a toll free. Uh, to 1515, that is 1515, you can text to on MTN, and then you can just give us a summary of whatever happened. You know, the call, the number that called, um, what they asked you to do, or if it's the pop-up message, the name of the so-called shop or POS that that pop-up message is coming from, Um, and, and, and that's it. You know, so you can text to 1515 or 419. All right, 419. So these are the two uh, <laughs> options using using the SMS uh, 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 channel. <laughs> then you can also use the USSD channel, right? So you can dial uh, the star 170 hash, star 170 hash. If you're a customer, that is our normal customer USSD uh, number that we use to do transactions by this time you select option six which is which is your wallet and then you go to option four which is report fraud Um, and then you can now it it gives you some steps so that will guide you as to what information um we are seeking from you and you can just answer them and you are okay and then um you have our apps but those ones are not open to the public yet. It will come mm-hmm. to a time we'll just open those ones. We are currently just doing a, a dry run or a test of it. Okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, that, that will also be open to our, our our apps and the website. It's an additional channels we want to bring. Now okay. on social media, uh, on our WhatsApp number um, zero five five four three hundred thousand zero five five four three hundred thousand that is just for whatsapp you know so on social media in terms of whatsapp you can uh, just send us uh, the information on that that side and then finally you have the email um, so those who want to send emails um, you just send it to mmfraudteam.gh at mtn.com mmfraudteam.gh at mtn.com and that will come to us what we've done is that we'll have a console where all these various channels the ussd channel the sms channel the normal call channels and then the email channels and then we'll be adding the app channels and then the social media channel all reports of uh, those incidents through those channels will come to just one console and a ticket is raised for 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 an agent in the fraud team to start working on them. So if you report it through 1515, you send a text message. You don't need to call, you know, or send email or do one channel is okay. But you know we do have instances where the customer you can understand that if he is falling victim to it, you know he is yeah, helpless exactly. at the time, and so you want mm-hmm. to send use all the various channels you know, in reporting, that, that's fine. But we just want to assure you that we just have one console that will just generate one ticket for somebody to take a look at. And so you just have to um, use um, just one of them. And you can also walk to our service centers, which I didn't add. You can also walk to our service centers and then you also report a fraud and that will also be captured. A ticket will be raised and it will come to the same console that you know, will be managed by uh, the fraud team at the back end now one thing although it's not part of the question but let me veer there later is people complaining that you know we don't get responses you know when i when i report
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, when
1: i report i don't get get a response The, Mm -hmm. the point is that to be frank with you we don't refund when you lose money
0: Okay, that's an important information to know. Yes,
1: we don't refund when you lose money. People expect that when you um, report, even if we send them messages as to when we do our initial check and realize that the funds is gone, sometimes we trace to the fit, the sit layer. Because what normally happens is, once you send the money, the person receives it, he pushes it to another account, pushes it to another account, pushes it to another account, yeah. or even push it across to, um, through the interoperability to a different, a different uh, network. So then we just have to deal with that network to help check from, because we don't have access to their, to their platform and their systems. So you now have to just send a request and give a follow up uh, for them to now check and see where. So. If we don't have access to the funds, we will tell you that the money is gone and there is nothing we can do about it. Where we are able to salvage it, as in if you report quickly and we're able to salvage some money, then we advise on what to do for us to reverse either what we have been able to save or if we're able to save all, then we ask you to you know, follow a particular process to, for us to reverse the funds you know back to you that normally would take like three to five days in ensuring that look it's not a fluke it's not something that you are trying to trade because we have instances where somebody will go to church right church and pay maybe collection offering and then he close from church and he calls the call center and he's saying you know somebody was trying to defraud him uh, and then this is the number he transferred the money to, or for you to go and see that this account is a church's account. How can a fraudster you know, call you to defraud you and rather request that you, you transfer the money to a particular church's account? So then the story becomes a bit, you know, so you need to investigate to be sure that this really was a fraud case before you can now go back and say, okay, let me reverse it if we're able to salvage that money. And that yeah. takes a little bit of time, Right three to Mm -hmm. five days we'll be able to do that now there are some people that we also advise that look the money is gone but if you still want to pursue this case for us to arrest the person you need to report it to the police
0: Mm -hmm. right we are not a
1: law enforcement agency we do our own investigations but when it comes to arrest we work with the police but we don't just get up and go and arrest somebody no we work with the police uh, the cyber crime unit of the police uh, CID, uh, you know, to arrest people who are, you know, defrauding people within the spa- cyberspace, including the mobile money. So we request that you report it to the police. Now, what happens is this when you report the case to the police and you give us a copy of the extract, and the extract is nothing but the information you give the police about what actually happened, and then they will stamp it, sign. So, when you give us a copy of that, at least we are aware that this case is with the police. So, we'll be working with the police, CID, who is on your case, to provide whatever information needed for his investigations. Whatever information. Normally, they know the process and they'll come with a court order. We agree with them on what and what and what and what we think we can provide to support them. They can also come up with whatever they need. It's a court order. We put all of them together, and we, we 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 give it to them, and we work with them. You know, if we have a tip off that something that happens, so this particular person is moving up somewhere here and there, we give the tip off, and then we're able to work to arrest. It takes time. What happens is when people um, complain to the police, then they will right now be follow up, following up with us. You know, how far have you gone? But well, the case is with the police. We have no idea the CID on the case where he's gotten to. So instead of coming to us, we want to report the case to the police, rather follow up with the police, then, you know, once you push on that side, whatever thing they need from us, we'll provide. And if the CID is in touch with us, I mean, we have a lot of cases where we work with the CIDs and we try we, we arrest people that we trace for a year or two, we finally get them. Uh, unfortunately sometimes when you get them, the customer will say, hear Me, you know, I just need my money. And then instead of pushing to prosecute, they just say they just need their money. We pay them, they get their money from the person, and it, it becomes a, a different case altogether. So these are the dynamics within you know the fraud management and the complaint management and feedback and stuff.
0: Picking up from what you talked about people not recovering money. I'm actually glad that you made that as very aware because per my information, I know that MTN doesn't even keep the money. The are at the banks.
1: So that's like, right. the physical yeah, electronic cash. It doesn't exactly. sit with us. It's not exactly. even an account that MTN has its name on. No, it is a float wallet sitting with the bank. Sitting with the banks. They report yeah. to the central bank on it.
0: So this is the end of the first part of a two-part episode discussion. In part two, we talk more about the central bank's involvement in the mobile money sector, debate on the introduction of IDs for money withdrawals from MTN, and finally discuss on user data protection. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks with the final episode. Peace out.
1: This has been a Gold Coast Reports production. Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to GCR.com. I go to SF Gramble. You go you, ask? Again, again, man, to US again, I give my blue. You still hate it, Okay, 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 okay. okay,
0: okay, okay. Okay, okay. 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 I'm here to last, not to carry last.